0: you are listening to the bark the browns podcast with brandon wolf and asa haslidge Hey guys, welcome on into the Bark of the Browns podcast. We are your hosts, Brandon Wolf and Asa Hassledge. And today is game day, Browns-Texans, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, the quarterback that a lot of people think we sure have taken versus the quarterback that we actually did take. Asa, how are you feeling this morning on a Cleveland Browns game day? I'm excited we get to play. Finally, after having
1: our bye week last week, you know, it was going through Brown's withdrawal. So I'm excited that we're back and ready to play some football. Uh, you know, it's we got a good chance to get a win here against the Texans, uh, you know, kind of a not really in shambles, but, you know, kind of a team that's on the downfall and kind of falling apart a little bit. So, you know, we have a good
0: chance to do something today. Yeah, no, we definitely do. I mean, <clears throat> this game is—it's going to be a fun one. The Texans' defense isn't the greatest. Um, I, I mean, actually, it's kind of far from the greatest. And, and you look at this—you uh, look at this team—and you think, man, if this team didn't have Deshaun Watson, they'd probably be right there with the Jets at zero and what? Zero and eight, zero and nine. So, I mean, this is this is a team that. As soon as Bill O'Brien Brian traded DeAndre Hopkins for uh, David Johnson, it, it was like, as soon as that happened, you knew the offense was going to crap. And then JJ Watt's already voicing his his displeasures about being there. This this is a team that yes, it it, it kind of does feel like they're in shambles. You know, it, it feels like th- they're definitely not winning the division because they're not keeping up with the Titans or the Colts. You know, they're they're kind of right down there with uh, I believe it's the Jags. So, I mean that's that, that's not too great. I mean you can kind of count out the playoffs for them this year, especially if they lose today. Uh, this is this is a struggling Texans team this year. Um, just going over some stats really quick that they, they allow f- over four hundred and thirty total yards of offense a game. That's that, that's that's a little rough. We're talking 270 passing yards and 159 rushing yards. So, as Browns fans, we all know that Nick Chubb is coming back today. I fully expect Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to completely torture this Texans defense. Yeah, that's
1: one thing. I'm super, super excited about having Nick Chubb back on the team. Uh, I mean, it's been a long-awaited reunion. You know, it was only however many weeks, but we obviously seen – the impact of no Nick Chubb on this team. Um, Man, I can already tell I'm so stuffed up. I'm sorry, everybody, but this weather changes. I'm one of those people that get messed up immediately. But, um, you know, I'm just excited that Nick Chubb is back. Um, Definitely, have like I said, definitely noticed the impact that he has on the team and him not being there. We noticed how the offense was, I mean, at some point struggled without having Nick Chubb Um, but Kareem Hunt definitely carried his own um, you know like we expected it to Um, you know obviously they're better as a one-two punch Mm -hmm. but you know Kareem Hunt definitely carried his own when he was given the chance you know obviously not last week but the week before when we were playing Las Vegas you know it wasn't given as many chances as we thought would have been you know Right. Mart, I guess we'll go with that but, Yeah
0: go with that one <laughs>
1: um, You know he wasn't given a lot of carries But he still yeah. kind of You know did his thing Yeah. Uh, when he was given the chance So um, yeah I mean 101 rushing yards uh, You know yeah. it wasn't all from Kareem yeah. But it, you know he When he was given a chance he did his thing So you know yeah. having the 1-2 punch back It's just you know I'm really excited in having a defense that's ranked so low um, I'm definitely yeah. really excited about it
0: yeah I mean I do want to take a look at the um at the weather here because this is a game where it's the weather's going to be a factor again i mean it, right now in Cleveland at this moment it's fifty four degrees um sorry hold on one second winds of 20 miles an hour and and it's raining so this is another game where we we should see a lot out of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, it, it's just it's crazy. I mean, we're talking at one o'clock, fifty-seven degrees, one hundred percent chance of rain, and I don't expect the <clears throat> the winds to slow down at all because it <clears throat> it's just it's just that kind of day. And last or two weeks ago, I believe it was yeah the, before the bye week, obviously um, Baker we saw when he was throwing the ball, he, he was, he was putting the ball on target most of his plays. but there was also times where he would throw the ball and it would fly five feet to the left because of the wins, you know? So this is something to keep your eye on. Uh, you have that, that best running back duo in the NFL right now back there for a reason, hand him the ball off 30, 35 times and just, Get get the win any way you have to, because really right now, this is a must win game.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for our momentum in the playoffs for the future of the rest of the season, it definitely is a must win. And, you know, we still once again, you know, it's like a week after week thing. We have to prove what we are. And, you know, we obviously know we're good, but we have to prove to everyone else that we are. And this is one of those games that we have to, you know, especially with the loss uh, against Las Vegas, Um, you know, this is going to be the same exact game, which kind of scares me, honestly, because obviously we've seen what happened with that game. (laughs) It didn't go out too well. And, you know, it's raining already. I mean, I got woke up a couple times by the rain. I'm like, oh, my God, is my dog pissing on my floor right now? But no, <laughs> it was the rain. Um, and, you know, it's you're getting all the advisories like, you know, keep your keep your phone charged all day in case your power goes out, because it's going to be so windy. Like, right. you know, I'm definitely going to have it on the charger all day. Um, it, it, it's, you know, a high wind, especially with how. Uh, you know, you've been to the stadium. We obviously know as Browns fans what that wind is like. I mean, that thing just kind of vortexes around in that stadium, especially right. coming off the lake, man. It is brutal. So right. it really is. It's, it's rough. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a big factor, just like the game in, uh, uh when we were playing the Raiders. So, you know, yeah. it's the same exact thing. High wind bunch of rain um you know hopefully some weird mix or whatever but you know it's going to be the same thing and it scares me so you know um I really hope that we don't try and throw the ball as much I mean obviously like you know we can have Baker throw like some of those halfback screens where yeah you know the offensive line completely ditches you know to one side of the field um you know, some of those screens, some check down passes, but nothing crazy because the ball ain't going nowhere. I know that for a fact watching it, it's not going to go anywhere. So it has to be a ground attack game. I think we learned our lesson from two weeks ago, trying to throw the ball and not running it as much. You only put up six points. And if I remember correctly, was that did we even score a touchdown or was it off of field goals
0: because i believe it was two field goals actually now that i now that i think of it hold on let me try and pull it up really quick i believe it was two field goals though yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah the,
1: there's not really a oh how many touchdowns is there yeah, no I just think
0: you're... oh yeah no it was two field goals a field goal in the second and a field goal in the third Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so oh wait It was right in front of my face um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, we have to have learned our lesson from two weeks ago. Ground mm-hmm. attack. I mean, just blow up that stat line. Hopefully right. we'll just, you know, look at the box score after the game. Be like, oh, yeah, passing yards, 104 rushing yards, 300, like something crazy. Right. Um. It, it has to be like that. Not even as a joke. But, you know, <clears throat> you really hope that your box score is like that, because in a game like this, windy, rainy, you can't throw that ball. I mean,
0: yeah, you can't. I mean, that is one thing I do want to talk about. I mean, this is kind of a matchup right now that a lot of Browns fans. We saw it. I believe it was Baker's rookie year. So what would that be? Two years ago, um, we saw the Deshaun Watson versus Baker Mayfield matchup. Obviously, the Texans were a lot better then. Um, <laughs> Deshaun Watson and and um, and that Texans defense were a lot more stout. They were making that push for the playoffs and they absolutely destroyed us. Um, this is and this is also one you can kind of put an asterisk next to because Deshaun Watson and the Texans aren't that great. Baker Mayfield and, and the Browns have a new coach. They're still trying to figure things out a little bit, trying to piece it all together. And this is a game where quarterback the, both quarterbacks aren't going to be throwing as much, I think. So it, It's it's not like we're going to see the true matchup that we actually should. You know, but as far as the the Baker and Deshaun matchup, what are your thoughts on that? Just because, again, Deshaun Watson was a guy that a lot of Browns fans wanted, and he's proven to be a top 10 NFL quarterback right now, even though his team isn't great. And, and Baker Mayfield, again, he's in year three, still trying to figure things out. Deshaun Watson's in year four. What are your thoughts on both of these guys and just how Browns fans kind of look at this?
1: Um, you know, it's, it's a matchup that should be a lot more interesting, but weather is not making it interesting because, you know, have obviously both of these guys throw the ball very well. It would be cool with, um, you know, I mean, Deshaun Watson, even, I mean, obviously the record isn't the best, but, you know, without, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he's still been pretty solid and, you know, now with Baker Having, you know, more weapons of throw to do, it would have been interesting to see how these two can really compete, you know, head to head. So, um, it, it's just a matchup where, you know, you know, it can be a lot better, but it's not. Um, you know, obviously, you know, like you said, uh, all the jokes when we drafted Deshaun Kaiser, it's like, do we drafted the wrong Deshaun. But, yeah, right. Um, you know, if we would have drafted Watson, where would Baker be right now, you know? Um, because yeah. I, Still, once again, I believe that Baker is the future of this franchise. He is our guy. So, you know, if we would have drafted Deshaun Watson, I mean, in all reality, it would have been Hugh Jackson ruining Deshaun Watson. And maybe Deshaun Watson would be, I mean, obviously he's a good player, but with how Hugh Jackson is, I mean, who knows? Maybe Deshaun Watson would be on a practice squad somewhere or, you know, third on the depth chart somewhere behind some trash old guy. You never know.
0: Um, and even so, not meaning to cut you off, but even no, fi- thinking about that draft class, if we were to sh- draft Deshaun uh, Watson, we wouldn't have Miles Garrett. Yeah,
1: because, because like number
0: one, right? So that's another thing to look at. I mean, this team definitely would not be the same, and in my opinion, it, it probably wouldn't be as good as it is right now. Deshaun Watson does make a team better, but Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield kind of. They, I would say those two outweigh one of Deshaun Watson, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, when you see those mock drafts or redrafts of certain classes and they have us taking Patrick Mahomes over Miles Garrett. It's like, dude, Pat, you know, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be who he is if he was here. And, right. you know, with that coaching staff we had at that time, he would not have been that because we would have thrown him right into the fire. He would have, you know, he, wouldn't have exactly underperformed, but he wouldn't have met expectations and he would have just been thrown to the side right away. Right. You know, it was good for him to be under Andy Reed, obviously sit for almost a complete year and then obviously blossom in year two Yeah, and obviously be the face of the league now. So, you know, all these guys that, Oh, we should have drafted this guy here back then. It's, you know, I, those guys wouldn't be those guys if we would have taken them, honestly, you know, with right. the staffs that we've had in the past, you know, I'm, looking back at it, the only staff that I kind of like, the only coaches I regret losing are probably Butch Davis and Kyle Shanahan, because Kyle yeah. Shanahan, or my God, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan <laughs> is an offensive mastermind. Yeah, and dude, if we would have stuck with that guy, man, who knows what we would have been right now? Those right. are the only two coaches I honestly regret losing. Um, You know, I'm sure maybe on Twitter after everyone listens to our podcast and be like, oh, how about – what about this guy, Do What do you mean? (laughs) But, you know, at least right now, Butch Davis, Kyle Shanahan, those are the only coaches I really regret losing. Um, So, you know, with those guys that we had in the past and these players that we should have drafted, they would not have been what they are now. So, obviously, Baker is our guy. You know, he has fought through adversity uh, coaching staff after coaching staff, system after system, you know, you can always argue that, you know, that that Patrick Mahomes is such a great player. Deshaun Watson is such a great player. They would have shined either way. But, you know, y- you don't really want to mess around with the past or anything like that. Seeing way too many movies about what happens. Um, right. So it's just, you know, it'll be honestly like – I don't want to, but it's this, it's a situation. Like when we face quarterbacks, we sort of drafted when we lose, it's like exactly. We shouldn't have drafted Baker. We should right. have drafted Deshaun Watson. But if we beat Deshaun Watson, it's like, Oh yeah, we don't need Deshaun Watson. It's right. It's never no credit, any credit to Baker. Exactly. It's, you know, they will find a way to disregard it or just pay way too much money to it. So you know, it's one of those situations to me. That's how I view the matchup. You know, I if they were in the Dome again in Houston or whatever you want to call it, obviously it would have been a much better matchup than what it is going to be today. But, you know, with this rain and wind and just Cleveland weather, that's all yeah. you got to say. AFC it's, North weather. Exactly. It's not going to be what we anticipated, but, you know, maybe they'll still be exciting. Who knows?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, just touching on a lot of your points there, cause you made a lot of really great points. A lot of people forget that Patrick Mahomes sat under Alex Smith for a year. You know, I mean, he also did go into an offense with Andy Reid, who is a sure I mean, in my opinion, he's a surefire hall of fame coach. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that he he's coached some great teams. He now has a super bowl under his belt and he's, he's a really good coach he came in with Tyreek Kill and Travis Kelsey, two of the best at their position. When uh, when he when he came into the league, you you have a I mean they had a have a pretty solid defense with uh, Chris Jones. So again, Patrick Mahomes wasn't Patrick Mahomes when he came into the league. Patrick Mahomes was coached into being who he is, and Hugh Jackson wasn't making Patrick Mahomes that good. I mean, no matter how how many people want to convince themselves of that, that's not what was going to happen. And same thing with Deshaun Watson. Any everybody can make jokes about Bill O'Brien and whatever. Bill O'Brien's a good coach. He's a bad GM. He's a good coach, but a bad GM. He came from that Bill Belichick tree. He he was he was he was again. He's a good coach, but he just doesn't know what he's doing under the in the front office. So. Bill, or in my opinion, Bill O'Brien made Deshaun Watson something better than what Hugh Jackson could have. And again, I mean, when you talk about giving a guy a lot more time than he probably should have had, that's what we did with Hugh Jackson. I mean, we allowed him to destroy whoever was was quarterback when he came in. We allowed him to destroy Deshaun Kaiser. And we allowed him to kind of get into Baker's head a little bit through those first eight games before they let him go. So, yeah, Hugh Jackson had a lot longer of a stay than he probably should have.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I was screaming for guys to get more of a chance because, you know, they were at press, they were under pressure way too early in their coaching career or their stint with us. And I was screaming, it's like, dude, just stop with this throwaway stuff with every single guy. And, you know, when Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam finally realized that, yeah, maybe we should give a guy some time first. They picked a the complete wrong guy. Um, you know, I like, I respect the finally, you know, bucking up and giving a guy a chance, but they gave the guy <laughs> the wrong guy a chance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there should have been instances where it's like, all right, you give him another chance. Now it's done. Like, I mean, year two way early into that, should have been done straight up. he right. should not have gotten three years or whatever, however many long he got, he should yep. not have gotten that long because you know he got he got a second chance, did absolutely nothing with it. It should have been done straight up right there yeah. um so I and, mean, you know, like I said, I respect the decision, but wrong guy,
0: yeah, no, like you said we we've been talking in the past about how. The Haslam's don't know how to hold on to a coach, but like you said, they held on to the wrong coach. I mean, after a guy goes one in fifteen, you go, okay, he had a bad team. Let's give him another year, you know. Then he goes zero and sixteen, and you're like, ah, he had a bad team. Um, Well, not really. (laughs) I mean, he didn't have that bad of a team, you know. I mean, he he definitely could have found a way to win at least one or two games throughout all that. And again, if he wins one or two games. I can argue that, yes, he had that bad of a team that, yeah, maybe you hold on to him for one more year, let him complete the cycle, Uh, like a a tree, a trilogy or something of years, you know, something like that, just so that you can really see what he has once he builds up a good team. We draft a great team and then, and then see what he has. But man, every quarterback that was under him looked like absolute garbage. And all I ever heard was Hugh Jackson, the quarterback whisperer. Well, no, it was Hugh Jackson sucks. That's what it was. The whole time he was here, he just, I, again, I'm not trying to throw shade, but man, this is Hugh Jackson's always been a guy that has pissed me off. Um, just because he, he was a guy that when the team sucked, it was never his fault. You know, he he always shifted blame, but he was the one that wanted to call plays. He was the one that, one that wanted to draft quarterbacks. He was the one that wanted to do all these things. But then when it came down to, that thing, those things not actually succeeding, he wanted to shift blame to the offensive coordinators, to the players anywhere else. And yeah, if there was anybody that not, that should have been gone before he actually was, it's Hugh Jackson. Absolutely, man.
1: Um, You know, not to really bring up the past or anything, but it's just, you know, the points that we're on and what it takes us. And, you know, we obviously know that, you know, we, we come up with points as we go. You know, we plan something and we talk about it as we go. So obviously, you know, that's that point in time for us Browns fans. We know it happened, but we don't bring it up. That's just kind of buried very, very deep yeah. that we hope. But, um, you know, it, it's ugh, it's just a time that we really don't want to talk about. You know, yeah. obviously, we know that we're we have a good uh, present and, you know, a good yeah. future. I think we finally got a guy that. Once again, this is a guy you stick with in Kevin Stefanski. The staff is the staff you stick with. Um, You know, it's obviously Joe Woods, our defensive coordinator. He's got not so great guys, but he's been doing solid with it, I think, personally, you know, with the guys that he's given. So, you know, this is just – it's just a good present. This is the guys you stick with, so hopefully they know. But um, –
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I mean, again, this again, I want to I want to steer back towards the present, the future where we're at now, like you were saying. So I do kind of want to move on to the playoffs, picture, the playoff picture again. I know we're only halfway through the season. A lot of people don't want to talk playoffs yet, but let's just do it just for the sake of it. The Colts winning on what was it, Thursday? That actually mm-hmm. did help us a lot. Uh, the Colts winning put them in the, in the lead for their division. So they're winning their division right now that bumps us up ahead of Miami because that strengthens our schedule. So right now the Browns are at eight, the Miami dolphins are at nine and the Las Vegas Raiders are at seven. So because they beat us, they do have that. um, They do have that, that lead over us, even though we both have the same record. Then you have Tennessee at six, Baltimore at five, Indianapolis at four, Buffalo at three, Kansas City at two, and Pittsburgh at one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this this playoff race is really shaping up, and it, it it's shaping up to be a good one. Um, I just have a really bad feeling that that Las Vegas Raiders game is gonna come back to bite us in the butt. Yeah, I
1: completely agree with you. I mean, that's for one, it's an AFC. Loss And two, you know, obviously they're ahead of us in the playoffs, Um, you know, and like I said, uh, last episode or last couple episodes, it's like we have to be almost near perfect for the rest of the season. I mean, at this point, it's looking like it's not we might have to be near perfect. It's like we have to be perfect if we want a chance because especially when you have the one and two seed or whatever you said in your division. Yeah. And like it, that's you have to be perfect and right. they have to you know have a collapse or something um, it's gonna be interesting if you know we win out the season and what's gonna happen I mean obviously mm. if we win out the season that's one loss against the Ravens or one loss for the Ravens and one loss for the Steelers. So yeah. it, it you know that'll make things interesting but obviously it'll put us at a higher position. And it's it's something we straight up need to do. I mean, we almost need to be perfect. Uh, yeah. So it, it's it, it's very scary, honestly. <laughs> yeah. How this is gonna play out, um, you know? But also, it could be exciting at the same time. Um, yeah. So you know, we have to obviously come in and take advantage of the twenty six point nine points per game that the Texans are giving up um give up the 30 touchdowns that the Texans have given up. You just got to look at this defense and take advantage of that knowing what kind of offense you have. Um I I mean they're averaging like 250 uh rushing yards. I think that's per game uh yeah. that the Texans are giving up. You know, me, that's obviously a strong suit.
0: Yeah. Let me just let me double check that really quick. You said Yeah, cuz like
1: the way the stats are like lined up, I'm not really sure you if that's said, like per game. Hold on, one second. You said 260 rushing yards. Where the hell? Is oh that? no, that's total.
0: Like okay.
1: 179 rushing attempts, 250. Yeah, what that still don't make sense though.
0: Yeah. No. Um hold on one second. I'm sorry. I just no, had that it pulled doesn't up. Make sense. I just had it pulled up where would it go. Um sorry guys. Yeah, I mean again like you like you were saying though I'm, as i try to pull this up the browns do have to go go through the last 8 games of this of the schedule and win the games that they're supposed to win you know they they just have to do everything in their power to win the games that they're supposed to win so they are averaging 297 yards passing 87.6 yards rushing 384 total yards of offense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I completely misread it. I just found that stat. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, <good. laughs> hey, I was reading off their rushing attempts uh, at okay. their okay. yards. Yeah. So, but um, you know, my mistake,
0: <laughs> you're good. You're good. I do want to take a look at the last eight games for the Cleveland Browns. And, and as we go through them, we can talk about if they're winnable or not winnable. Um, so right now today, I believe is a winnable game. I'm, I'm not sure if you agree with me, but uh, I, I completely think that this is a winnable game today. You have the best running backs. Go show why they are the best running back duo in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it's a winnable game. It's just, you know, uh, it's, you know, in the past when we've had chances to, you know, ex, you know um, exceptions of last year, I mean, when we had when we've had chances in the past is like, Oh man, you guys can make the playoffs. If you do this, it never really has happened. So, you know, it is kind of scary looking at, you know, the chance we have compared to the obstacles that are in our way uh, yeah. undefeated division leader um, a near perfect record in the second place in your division ahead of you. Yeah. And then obviously all the teams ahead of you. So it is scary, but this game, you know, one game at a time, this game is very winnable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will get this stat right this time. <laughs> Teams have rushed for 1,276 yards against the uh, Texans. And yeah. like you just said, we have the best running back tandem in the league. So yeah. just that off of that alone, it's a winnable game. So, you know, this week, yes. So looking in the future, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we if we ride some momentum, most likely.
0: Yeah, uh, you have the Eagles next week. That's a winnable game. Jaguars. I don't even have to say this, but that's a winnable game. Uh, Titans, the way they've been playing, that's going to be a toss up, but I think that's a winnable game. The only thing that scares me about that game is Derrick Henry. We saw what Josh Jacobs did to us. They just handed him the ball and he ran and ran and ran and ran all over us. So when you have a guy that a lot of people consider the strongest running back in the NFL, one of the hardest guys to tackle. It scares me that Derrick Henry might rush for a thousand yards in one game against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. What scares
1: me the most is you have like the best stiff farmer trucker. Like he's just very strong. And, you know, you see some of the best tacklers in the league, try and tackle him, and he makes them look like idiots. And we have like, some of the worst tacklers in the league. So right. that alone terrifies me is how these, how these guys tackle specifically. I'm thinking of like one guy coming up out of the safety position, trying to make a tackle. Um, yeah. But it, it, it does scare me, you know, uh, Denzel Ward. I mean, it does worry me a little bit if he like bounces outside, but you know, Denzel is honestly a really, really good tackler. Mm-hmm. Um, I Obviously we've played, I we have played the Titans I think with Denzel on the team if I'm not mistaken where he's played. I don't think Denzel really had an opportunity to tackle Derrick Henry that I remember. Uh um he's never I don't think he's really had the chance to tackle somebody like he, Derrick Henry.
0: Did right? he did the was he available for that game last year the season opener? Denzel Ward? I oh, can't remember. Yeah, the season opener. It was um, the season opener. That was the last, that was the only time we've played him since Denzel has been drafted. So per played them, I'm sorry, since Denzel has been drafted. So all
1: I can't I remember re- is just the
0: embarrassment from, that's what I'm saying. I don't even remember because that's, that's one of those games I try to push off way far into, uh, <laughs> into the point of no return. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear about that game ever again in my life. So yeah, I can't remember if Denzel was a part of that game or not, but um. Yeah, I mean Denzel Ward is a solid tackler. A lot of people, when he came into the NFL, a lot of people thought he might not be the best tackler, but he really is a solid tackler, and he's he heard the he heard the talk of that, and uh, he he's made sure that he has taken that tackling game to the next level. I mean, we even saw with that slide underneath the block to get to that tackle. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, the guy's good. This this. This defense is really one solid piece away, and that piece could even be Grant Delpit. We don't know. Uh, It's one solid piece away from really taking that next step and allowing the offense to even be more great, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Denzel had honestly no chance but to fix his tackling form, because I remember, I don't know if it was in the preseason or like... uh, one of the early games in the season, the way he tried to make a tackle, he straight up hurt himself and almost paralyzed himself the way he tried to tackle. So he honestly had no choice but to fix the way he tackled or he's going to kill himself. (laughs) Honestly, you know, it's, it's like we say it and it sounds ridiculous, but uh, the way he tackled, he honestly could have killed himself the way he tackled. But obviously he fixed that now. And he's to me, a top tier corner Um, people overlook him, but He's a top-tier corner to me. So, and like you said, we're one solid piece away that we could have <laughs> signed Clay Matthews, but we didn't. Um, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I'm just trying to. I'm looking at the uh, stats from this game right here. Denzel Ward did play in that game. He didn't really have a huge impact. He he did get get to the quarterback one time in that game, but yeah, like you said, he didn't have it. He didn't have a chance to really go after uh, Derrick Henry. And the way this stat line looks, it kind of makes me wonder if Denzel Ward got hurt in this game that might have put him out for the few weeks or whatever that he was out. Because I do remember him and Greedy both being out for what was it, the first like six weeks of the season or the first eight weeks of the season last year. That might have been that tackle
1: I was talking about then where he yeah. could have broke his damn neck trying to tackle yeah. that. It might have been it. I thought it was way earlier, but... Um, I don't know. Maybe that might've been it. Who knows?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, again, this, this team is there are a few solid pieces away. Um, I do want to get back to the, <laughs> to the game at hand in, uh, in, in the Texans and Browns and th- this game today is going to be, again, it's, it's a must win. I don't want to sit here and say that every game from here on out is a must win because that's not true. I mean, realistically, you can lose to the Steelers and Ravens and still make the playoffs at 10 and six. You don't want to do that because then you're leaving it in the hands of other teams, uh, leaving your future in the hands of other teams, which isn't always the best. Uh, We've we've seen that happen to the Browns in the past, and we don't want to see that again. But if you can realistically come out of this season 11 and five, I think you're, you're basically cementing your spot in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I really I don't wanna leave our destiny into other teams, but, you know, I I mean, honestly with the way the season is going, we might have to, you know, rely on some other teams. You know, obviously, you know, win the games you need to win, but you're definitely gonna have to rely on some other teams. Um You know, it's tough for me because, you know, for me saying that we almost have to be near perfect or perfect the rest of the season. I mean, you're looking at the, you know, like the Texans two and six, it's like, how can that be a must win? You know, the Eagles, God, whatever division leader at two and whatever. I think they're three,
0: four and one or something like that. Yeah.
1: Like how can that be a must win? Uh, The Jaguars, how can that must be, be a must win? But I mean, with the AFC, the conference for one, and with your division, like obviously, these games are all must win. Like, there's no right. room for error, almost. Right. So, you yeah. know, I, I think that's one thing we can kind of, you know, not necessarily agree on. That, like, I think most of these games, if not all of them, are must wins because, you know, I, you know, it is like you said, re- it is could be realistic maybe for like eleven to five or ten and six, but with the way these teams are playing, some of, like multiple teams are going to have to have like a collapse for us to make it at like at 10 and six or something. So, um, you know, I honestly, these games are all must wins. It's not like, Oh my God, the season's over if we win it. Cause I mean, if we finish with a good record, a winning record, double digit wins, I'll be ecstatic. Like we miss a playoffs. It's like, Oh, look at the rest of the league. Like, okay. But if we finish with double digit wins, Oh, my God, what an improvement. So, you know, it's not like a it's not a miss of a season. It's not a disappointment of a season if we do that. But obviously, I mean, if you're looking at the playoffs, that's your goal as a team. Then, I mean, you're looking at your division leaders, your conference in general. It's like, holy shit, man, we got to be perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, and really kind of picking back and off of your point for a minute. These games that are against the Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, the teams that aren't great, we're calling them must-wins so that games like the Titans, Ravens, and Steelers don't have to be must-wins, you know? I mean, even though you want to pull those games out, it's it's taking pressure off of the Cleveland Browns when you win the games you're supposed to, you know? We're supposed to beat the Texans. We're supposed to beat the Eagles, the Jags, the Jets, the Giants. That's five wins right there. That puts us at 10 and six. You, you want to win 11 to 12 games. So you're, you're playing the Steelers last game of the year. They're eight. and zero right now they could have the division or they, they could have the division sealed up here within the next few weeks, which is, I mean, I would say probably within the next four or five weeks, they could have the division sealed up if they continue on this track. Um, That's, that's something scary to keep in mind. If they have that, that spot locked up, the number one spot locked up, you could be looking at a Browns-Steelers uh, Brown game where the Steelers aren't playing some of their key pieces, you know? So that could be a win. The Ravens game. The Ravens are definitely looking, right now anyways, like they have some weaknesses. And same with the Titans. The Titans just lost to the Colts, who we beat. You know, a lot of people want to sit there and say that the Colts aren't that good. Philip Rivers is washed. But then when they beat a team like the Titans, it's like, wow, the t- or the Colts are good, you know, but when the Browns beat the Colts, it's like, no, the Browns suck. The Colts suck. They're, they're both awful. You know, like, why is there no credit given to the Browns at all? You know, but I just, this last eight, these last eight games of the season, I'm going to be absolutely glued to my TV. I'm going to be glued to SportsCenter, ESPN, watching these guys talk because I want to see the Browns make the playoffs and I want to see what everybody else has to say about it because for some reason the national media hates to give the Browns any kind of credit. And I would love to see the Browns make the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, for me, it's not uh, obviously I'm going to be paying attention, you know, when I get a chance, but, you know, I, I'm going to be looking at the facts. I mean, obviously I watch this team, you know, in all reality. I mean, if you're a national media member, you can't watch every single game on a Sunday at once and collect all that information in. And the team that they don't watch and want to talk about the most is us. You know, I mean, you know, for guys like us, we're in our position. They're in their position. I mean, do some of them deserve their jobs? Hell no. (laughs) Right. Straight up. And I hope some of them hear me. Most of you guys that are above guys like us don't deserve your jobs because you talk out of your ass. And They they really don't. And they try and talk about the Browns without honestly watching this team perform. I mean, you can look at a stat line and judge try and judge a team off a stat line, but it's different actually watching them perform and, you know, the little things they do in the game compared to just watching a stat line and talk about the team based off of that. Like, I mean, there we are the team that they don't pick to watch. And right. they try and talk on us, and it don't work. I mean, we are the ones that watch the games week in and week out. We watch right. all—I mean, not all of them, but we, the watch of most, them. we watch most. We watch most of you know the Twitter conferences. That's what yeah. I was trying to like yeah, the, right. you know, the press conferences and all that. Obviously I knew watch exactly where you were
0: going with that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. We
1: don't watch like the every single interview of like after practice, before practice, you know, post game, whatever. But we know most of it. We know yeah. the thoughts. I mean, the most important thing is we watch the damn game. But we watch how they play. So, right. you know, it's they just they pick our game to not watch and talk the most about. And yeah. that's just how it is. And, yeah. you know, like I said, most of you guys in that media are talking out of your ass and you really need to pay more attention.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one really piggybacking off your point again the, the one person, the one tweet that we did see two weeks ago when the Browns played the Raiders was Ryan Clark. He's, he was a Steeler for most of his career, eight seasons of his career, he played for the Steelers. And he said, this is the Baker Mayfield that everybody said was better off without Odell. Well, did you not see the conditions of the NFL game that was going on in Cleveland? Did you not see what was going on? Did you not look over to the other box score and see the Derek Carr had only thrown for 120 something yards? and he everybody's calling him a dark horse mvp so come on now i mean again these guys they look at the box scores and they say they they say that they're they they base it all off of that you know they don't actually watch the game they don't see what's going on and and it's a little frustrating especially when you have guys that they're they're on platforms where millions and millions and millions of people are watching them and you're going to constantly dog the browns after you haven't even watched a Browns game all season. I mean, when these guys talk, sometimes it's like, have you, have you seen the Browns? Do you know, do you know who the Browns are? Have you even watched Baker Mayfield? Have you even watched this offense? Because it sure as hell doesn't seem like it, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, they clearly don't. Um, it, It, that's all it is. I mean, they clearly don't. And like I said, I mean, they can't watch every single game on a Sunday I mean, how many how many teams play at once at 1 o'clock, you know? Yeah. And then a couple teams at 4.30. Like, I mean, that's a lot of football in one day, and it's impossible. I, I mean, if you have, like, four or five TV screens at once, but you can't really pay attention to everything at once. Right. But it's just, you know, the guys that talk like that are talking straight off a box score. You can't do that. You can't yeah. talk about a team like that off a box score, and it makes them look stupid, right. you know? Um. So – I kind of want to steer it real quick to, you know, our, both of our thoughts on, I, I think we'll probably have the same thing on this, but you know, there's obviously we off, we focus all the time, whether we take it from our Twitter followers or obviously our own points is the keys to the game, the keys to the keys to the win this yeah. game. So I'm like I said, I kind of think we're going to have the same exact point here. My key to win is running the ball a lot um so I'm just gonna ask you like I said I probably know your answer what is your key to the game Brandon
0: (laughs) I mean yeah you you, you, we're on zoom here so you saw you saw my face as I just smiled nodded I mean that's that's exactly what it is you're running the ball 30 plus times I mean Josh Jacobs two weeks ago ran the ball 31 times on us just by himself I'm talking 31 rushing attempts for one running back so you're Again, you have two great running backs in the backfield. Yes, Nick Chubb is coming off that, um, I believe, what was it, an MCL? I believe it was an MCL. MCL sprain, yeah. I think. Yeah, so he's coming off that MCL sprain, and and you're not going to want to overload him. But then you have Kareem Hunt, who, yes, he's kind of banged up a little bit, but that bye week couldn't have came at a better time. I mean, you have Baker getting COVID, he, or, well, being on the COVID list. He didn't actually have COVID. You have Kareem Hunt. Uh, playing injured, Miles Garrett playing injured, Nick Chubb coming off an injury, Wyatt Teller coming off an injury. Just on Friday, Chris Hubbard, for some reason, how, however, who knows how he got COVID, but now he's on the COVID nineteen list. Thank God we got Wyatt Teller back because who, who even knows who would have been starting at our uh, at our right guard position. If, uh, if Chris Hubbard had COVID and and, and uh, Wyatt Teller wasn't able to come back. So, again, this, this bye week came at a perfect time. Let Kareem Hunt, let Nick Chubb control the pace of this game. Don't let that Texans offense get on the field. The weak part of this Texans team is the defense. Take control of the defense. Again, just absolutely take control of the pace of the game. That's exactly what the Raiders did. They were holding the ball for eight, nine, ten minutes at a time. They, I mean, they had the ball for 40 some minutes that game. So it's like, do the same thing. Take that blueprint and transfer it over to the Cleveland Browns offense and do it against the Texans because the more we can keep Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller and, and David Johnson and Duke Johnson off. Well, I th- I'm not sure I could be wrong on this, but I don't think David Johnson's playing today. But rega- yeah, he actually got ruled out. Yeah. So regardless, I mean, Duke Johnson, keep those guys off the field, and uh, and man, I before I before I, I throw it back to you, I do want to say prayers up to Chris Hubbard because I know we didn't get to talk about that too much. Uh, obviously, we hope the guy heals up good and uh, and quick and um, and is able to get back on the field because, again, with this pandemic going on and this virus just being spread around. You, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and we just we just pray that Chris Hubbard gets gets better soon. And he uh, and him and his family stay safe. Yeah, you know, it is unprecedented times. We never
1: know what's going to happen day to day, honestly. I mean, especially in Ohio, um, you just never know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, I'm really, really glad that um, Roy- Wyatt Teller is back because obviously if you have a good you have to have a good offensive line to have a good rushing game because, you know, those guys have to make the correct hole for your running back to bounce through. I mean, obviously Nick Chubb can cut back at any time. And it's so quickly, but I mean, you also got to look at with him coming off the knee, he's fresh off of it. Is he going to be able to cut back as strong? I mean, obviously not to the left because when you cut to the left, you're cutting off your right side. And that's a knee that's bad. If I I think it's, yeah, it's his right knee. So, you know, cutting to the left is going to be difficult, I think, because he's obviously not going to want to put a bunch of weight on it once like that at game speed. Um, So, you know, Dwight Teller is, (laughs) I mean, obviously, you know, for pass protection, he's doing an amazing job for uh, rushing to, you know, open up gaps and holes. He's doing a great job. So, you know, for the offensive line, he's, I mean, not necessarily the MVP of the offensive line, but he's. one of the key pieces of this offensive line to hold them together. So, you know, it's really exciting to have him back. And um, like you said, I mean, we've been talking about it, play defense with offense. I mean, if we hold the ball for almost 50 minutes, like the Raiders did, we could could win this game easily. And we know for a fact what kind of player Duke Johnson is. And we're going to be seeing a lot of him if the offense is on the field. I mean, he was – the, I mean, not one and only, but I mean, I'll say he was the shining star of an 0-16 season. Um, He did everything he possibly could to carry that team. He was making plays on that 0-16 team. He was, like I said, just the shining star of that 0-16 team. I mean, it, it obviously the morale on that kind of team is terrible, but he's yeah. still playing hard. He's making plays. So, obviously, we know what kind of player he is. I was low-key salty when we cut him, not low-key. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty pissed that we cut him or whatever, traded him away, whatever we did. I was I was pretty upset. Uh, we know what kind of player he is. So, I want to keep him specifically off the field because we watched him for years right? just do amazing right. things. I mean, he was a Swiss Army knife of a running back. Yeah, he really so, was. I want to keep him off the field. And like you said, Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson, off the field. I mean, just take the Raiders. I mean, don't like Patriots binocular take the game plan away, (laughs) but take the idea of the game plan away. Play defense with your offense because you don't want our defense on the field. Um, Right. You want their defense on the field. We both have very low-ranked, lackluster defenses. And so we want to keep the Texas defense on the field uh you know get Nick Chubb going you know get the uh what do you want to call it just you know get him get him warmed up uh yeah. you know obviously he's coming off that like we said coming off the knee injury just want to get him warmed up back in the game speed get the feel for things so you know you want him to have a lot of chances but not too much so you yeah. know, you want to get this running game going um i don't know like i said maybe throw a check down pass here and there but don't Never. don't try and throw like no post route or nothing crazy because yeah. the ball is literally going to sail right. five feet away from where you're trying to throw it right um kicking going to be tough um I, I'm expecting a missed extra point so please do not go after Cody Parkey <laughs> because you know damn well he's gonna I, I'm not trying to dog the guy I'm not going after him at all he's gonna probably miss an extra point today Right. Uh, you know, if he's kicking to the dog pound side, he's going to miss it. If I don't know who the Texas kicker is, they're kicking. I think to the it's dog uh,
0: four, four ba- four bath. I believe his name for four Fairbairn. I, I can't remember his name. Just keep going with your point. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: it, it's all good. I mean, you know, for kickers going to the dog pound side specifically, they're going to miss a kick. I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. So please do not go on Twitter and say Cody Parkey sucks. Um, you know, I don't follow Texans' Twitter, but they're probably going to go after their kicker too. Right. It's 20 mile an hour wind coming off the lake, so get coming off the lake factor that doubles it pretty much. So, honestly, at the stadium, it's probably going to be like 40 mile an hour wind if that yeah. it's, it's going to be it's going to pick up big time.
0: Yeah. Um, Kami Fairbairn, okay, he, he's so, Hawaiian, so
1: oh, okay. Well, I mean, those <laughs> guys are going to miss kicks, right? Um, it's you know, passes are going to sail they're going to learn their lesson quite trying to throw the ball past. They're going to say, kicks are going to get missed. It's that kind of day. So run, run, run the ball. I mean, pray to God the kick goes in. I'm not going to be mad if the kick misses. I say that now, but I'll probably get pissed depending on the situation, <laughs> but you know, I got to just remember that kicks right. are going to get missed. It's a windy day. It's an ugly day, ugly weather. So yeah. of the game, obviously pound the ball, time of possession, um Wyatt Teller is going to be a key to the game I'm really really glad we have him back mm. um you know just don't give our defense a chance to look silly out there um yeah. you know it, it's a good thing that well not a good thing you never want to uh wish injury on a player but it's it's good that David Johnson's out for the t- you know the team but Duke mm. Johnson isn't you know just some like oh he's just a backup like he's, he's gonna he's make he's a an tough impact. tackle yeah he's exactly a tough he's in we've seen it for two, three years. I don't want him on the field against us at all.
0: Right. Um, so
1: it's just time of possession. I think a couple main points, just time of possession, run
0: the ball. Well, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're good. I mean, honestly, as we're getting ready to close out here, this, I mean, like you said, keep the ball out of Duke Johnson's hands. Duke Johnson is very elusive. I, um, in my opinion, he's he is a very underrated back. Uh, he's a great pass catching back. He's a great running back in general. Um, nah, I don't want to say great running back, but you know what I'm you know what I'm trying to get at. The guy's elusive. He's a tough tackle. Um, I I would not be surprised to to see him run the ball and be the focal point of this Texans offense today with the way the weather is. So again, this Browns. This Browns team, it's, it's fun to have them back for the, these final eight games. Uh, between the Raiders game and this game today, it felt like an eternity till we got to watch Browns football again. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Bark of the Browns podcast. And as always, go Browns.